You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. James chapter 4, beginning verse 13. Go to you now, you that say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city and continue there a year, and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Let us pray. Dear Father, we love you. We thank you for the privilege and opportunity of being here in church tonight. We ask, Lord, that you bless the preaching of your word. Help us to apply its truth to our life tonight, Lord. If there's someone here that's not saved, I pray that they'll trust you as their Savior. If there's someone here, Lord, that maybe is struggling with some decision about serving you, that tonight they'll make that decision. Or maybe there's someone here that might just seek your will for their life tonight, and that tonight you might show them what it is that you'd have for them to do, as Pastor mentioned, about maybe going out as a missionary or being called as a pastor, or whatever it might be, or being faithful here in our church, Lord, or joining some ministries here. Lord, speak to our hearts tonight. We thank you, love, in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight, the title and the message that we have here is The God of Tomorrow. Now, of course, as the God of today, is the God of every day. But I want us to think about this title for just a moment about the God of Tomorrow. You know, this is something that should help us to increase in our faith. Now, we do what we call faith promise missions. We're to give by faith. We're to walk by faith. We're to live by faith. And yet, many times, we struggle in our faith. And there's challenges we have because we want to walk by faith, but then we also see the realities of life when you look at the checkbook and think, well, God, it's nice thought, but, you know, this is the reality of what I'm seeing. This is my situation that I'm in right now. And so sometimes we struggle with what we perceive to be the realities of life and that we think, you know, well, I'd like to, and yes, God, I know you can, but just maybe not now, maybe, maybe one day in the future. I know one time there in Uganda, there was a visiting pastor that come over and he was visiting a different missionary, but he knew us and wanted to come by and see us as well. And he came to the church there that we were at, and he asked me, he said, um, so what's your next project that you're going to do? And I told him, well, we want to pave the parking lot here, you know, and we're in the capital city. That would be something good to do. And he turned around and looked at that, and he said, yep, it'll probably never happen. I kind of just looked at him. I didn't say anything, but I'm kind of in shock a little bit, thinking, is my God so little he can't pave a parking lot? And our parking lot is not that big, okay? And I'm thinking, is God not able to do something so simple? And I'm thinking, why would he say such a thing that God can't do this so that will probably not happen? And then I started thinking about, it. well, I don't have any money. <laughs> and I know the church finances, uh, you know, church. I mean, God can do this, but, but maybe just not right now. But one day, I mean, I believe, you, I, I believe one day God can do this, you know, and, and maybe I'll go on a furlough, maybe we'll, we'll see about raising some money, maybe, maybe one day we, but, but just not right now. And that same week, I got a phone call from a friend of mine, another missionary in the country, several hours away, and he said, he was talking to me, he said, hey, um, he said, we're doing a project up here at our church, and it kind of fell through. And he said, I got this money, he said, are you still planning on paving your parking lot? felt about that big, I'm like, um, yeah. <laughs> and I was in church, the, 
amount that we knew before was about $9,000, and they gave us that $9,000, and then we got the guy come to estimate again, and it had been several years ago, so now raising up by another $3,000, and now sat in church, and one church member came down and said, Pastor, where do you want the money? Now, that doesn't happen very often in Uganda, okay? <laughs> I didn't pay one penny for that thing, and God took care of it. And God is showing me I can do these things, you know, and so that's helped me to increase in my faith to see how God has been working for God to show me what he can do. God is looking for vessels to work through. It's not about what I can do. It's about what God can do through me. It's about me making myself available to God, and that's what God wants to do with us as well. Sometimes God puts something on your heart, and you kind of think, I don't know if I can do that, Lord. (laughs) I know when God first put this upon our heart, what we're doing here, I thought, Lord, there's a lot of things to do, and I'll do it if you want me to, but it'd be sure nice to have some help. And God has brought help every time so far. God has brought other people to help to labor with us in the ministry over the years, and that's been a blessing to see what God has done. But you may know so many times we're walking by sight, not by faith. But as we think about the fact that God is the God of tomorrow, that should help us to walk by faith because God knows what's going to happen tomorrow. That's our first thing. God knows what happened tomorrow is our first point. But the thing is, do we live like we believe that? Do we live our life knowing that I'm in God's hands and all things work together for good? It doesn't necessarily say the good that I want, <laughs> but for good, for good that God considers to be good, and which is also good for us. And so, as you see this, this brings us back to our text here in James chapter 4 and verse 13. We're saying about here, go to now you that say to dare tomorrow we shall go into such a city and continue there and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow or tomorrow. Hmm? That next verse, for that you ought to say if God will, we shall live and do this or that. The reality is we don't know what may happen tomorrow. We don't know what may happen today. Hmm? there's challenges that come along that we don't expect. There's some days, if I know what's going to happen that day, I might have just stayed in bed. (laughs) One fellow, you probably heard the saying before, he said, if I knew I was going to die, I'd never go there. But we don't know when those things are going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen, and yet we can still trust the Lord, and we don't need to put off what God has for us to do today. Even the Lord Jesus Christ is an urgency about when he came. He said he came to seek and to save that which was lost. When he was just 12 years old, he said, Wish ye not that I must be about my father's business? You know, sometimes even children are thinking, maybe one day I'll serve God. Maybe teenagers are thinking, well, maybe when I'm done, when I finish high school, then I can serve God. But you can serve God today. I remember my dad when we were in San Angelo, Texas. That's when we went to our first independent Baptist church. And, and he got involved in the ministries. And he'd take me out with him. He got sold in together. And just as a young child, my dad brought me up, teaching me how to go sold in, teaching me how to invite people by his example, by taking me with him. And even as a teenager, working in the bus ministries, working church ministries, whatever it might be, whatever opportunities were available. Not waiting and saying one day, I'll serve the Lord, but even today, serving him with your life. There's an urgency about this task. Look over in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, beginning verse 30. But sometimes we get worried about what the future may hold. Sometimes we're concerned because of what we think of as the realities of life, and there's real needs that we have. 
there's real challenges that we face. And so, just like I've done in the past, sometimes we think, well, yes, I'm going to, but I'm just not able to right now. I just don't think we have the ability to do right now. But one day, someday, and you put off maybe God, it's God's will for now because of the challenges that we're facing. But there in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 30, it says, Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, or you of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. God knows what our needs are. He knows what you need not only today but tomorrow and next week and next year. He knows every challenge that you might face. He knows the challenges that you're facing right now. He knows everything. He knoweth that you have need of all these things. And then he says in verse 33, but seek ye what? First. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. That means when a soul and a time I come here. That means when it's time to get my tithe, they get my tithe. When it's time to give to missions, they give to missions. So many times, and this happens in Uganda also, well, you know, I'm going to pay my bills and whatever I have left over, you know, that, you know uh, by faith, I'll give that to God. We don't give our leftovers by faith. That's not faith. We give God first place in our life, in our time, in our talents, in our treasures, and everything that we have, and everything that we do to give God that first place. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be what? Added unto you. It's not that God says you don't need these things. It's that God wants you to put him before those things. Hmm? And then he says, and I'll take care of you. And I'll help you. And I found that God can provide. And sometimes God can give me the grace to do without some things that I thought I needed. And that I found out I really didn't need at all. God can do those things. That next verse, verse 34, take therefore no thought for the morrow. You know what he's saying? Don't worry about tomorrow. I've got tomorrow. I know what's going to happen tomorrow. You just serve me today. You do what I want you to do now, and I'll take care of your tomorrows. But how many times have young people put off surrendering their life to God? Because we have this goal, we have this dream of what we desire, what we think is best, or maybe even parents telling their kids, you can do that later sometime. But why not give God your time now? The days of your youth is what the Bible talks about. Hey, the greatest place, the safest place you can be is in the center of God's will. And that's what we need to see is to truly give God first place. Yes. Amen. And even as we pray, and all of us have probably done this before, have you ever had some decision in your life that you're praying about? It doesn't matter what it might be, financial or, or jobs or moving, whatever. And you say, God, do you want me to do this or do you want me to do that? What if it's neither one of those? Hmm? I've learned, Lord, do you want me to do this or this or is there something else? You'd have me to do. Because whatever it is, God's plan is always better. Hmm? And because he knows what the future holds. There's been so many people, even some relatives of mine, who have had challenges in their life because they're so hasty to move, they're so hasty to jump at the first opportunity, to go through the first great thing that they've seen, and they don't even pray about it sometimes. 
Or they think that, oh, there's money here, so it must be God's will. Well, you know, the, you know, the temptation of Christ, he is offered the kingdoms of this world. Just because it's an opportunity doesn't mean it's of God. We have to pray and seek God's will, seek God's direction, because God knows what will happen tomorrow. And all of us will have those distractions. All of us will have those challenges. But, you know, God knows about the economy. Well, there's some big bank that just went belly up. I don't think I'd even heard of it till yesterday. Didn't worry me too much because I don't even know about it. <laughs> and what's it going to do to the economy? God knows. I don't. If you know, maybe you can give me some advice. I don't know. But I'm not going to worry about it. God knows about the economy. God knows about the stock market. Now, we ought to use wisdom and planning and investing. I'm not saying don't live your life foolishly. But so many times we don't serve God. Because, boy, this just happened. Preacher, you know what just happened? The stock market passed, you know what just happened to this? And, boy, missions conference coming up. But, boy, you better cut back a little bit. Boy, we got to be careful because if you're seeing what's going on today, well, God knows about that. And, by the way, it's going to get worse the closer it's coming it gets. Uh, the world's not getting any better. And we need to be faithful. God knows about the economy. God knows about the finances. God knows about your job. He knows about the situation at work. He knows about your business. He knows about the challenges that you're facing there. And yet he still expects us to be faithful. He knows about it. It's not that he's not concerned. I often think about the prophet Elijah as he went to that widow lady. And she's gathering those two sticks. And, you know, he says, what you doing? Well, I'm going to make a little meal. There's just a little bit of food. I'm going to make that for me and my son and we're going to die. And in great compassion he says, okay, but make me one first. Doesn't sound very compassionate, does it? But God had prepared her heart. She did that. She went back and that food was there. I kind of think, now some people have different opinions about it, but in my mind I kind of think that she went back and there was that same amount there probably. And then she went back and there it is again. And she went back, you know, that, in the Bible that, that, that verse that says, give us this day our monthly bread. You know that verse? Yeah, it's not there, is it? <laughs> give us this day our daily bread. Especially when there's financial problems, it gets us worried. And we want our monthly bread, <laughs> or our quarterly bread, or our yearly bread. Lord, we want to know what's going to happen. But God can even provide day by day, and he does that for many people in Uganda. There's people in our church that they get a job every day. They're looking for work to put food on the table. And if they don't get a job, literally, there won't be food on the table sometimes. And they struggle. Many times people do. God has been good to us here. But, you know, we need to still learn to walk by faith and not by sight. God knows about your work situation. God knows about your health or the health of your family. I know there's many challenges when it comes to that. But God knows what the future may hold. This morning when a church, um, there in Council Bluffs, Open Door Baptist Church, Pastor Gene Springer was a pastor there for over 40 years. A good friend, I went to high school there in Nebraska, and our schools played against each other in sports and things. I've known him for probably about 30 years or so. And he passed away not too long ago. And they're in their church this morning, there's still tears that are being shed. But the blessing, the comfort is knowing that we'll see him again. My second oldest daughter, her name is Ashley, she's with the Lord there in heaven. Uh, she passed away there on the mission field. And I know that we'll get to see her again. There are some of you here that were dear friends and loved ones to the one who passed away and will have the funeral tomorrow. He's with my daughter. 
He's with Pastor Springer. That's when the hardest things you can go through is through the death of a loved one. But the hope and comfort that we have is knowing that we'll see them again. And that's a comfort to me to know that my daughter is with the only person who could love her more. He's the God of all comfort. He can give us that comfort that we need. I remember when our daughter passed away, we came back here, the insurance paid for her to be brought back here. And we had the funeral there in Oklahoma City. And our pastor said, you're here, you're between ministries. He said, why don't you go and go on a furlough now? It's a little bit early, but go and do that. And we traveled to different churches. And every church we'd go in, they'd ask questions about that. And there's times you go into churches and a pastor would say, Brother James, can you talk to this person? Or Miss Cyril, can you talk to that one? Because they had a loved one that passed away six months ago, a year ago, or two or three years ago, and they're still in church. But they just stopped serving God. And the Lord used that to encourage people in their service. And God knows about these things. There's a guy there in Uganda one time. He came up to me and said, I want to get saved. That doesn't happen that often when they just come up to you and say that. I asked him, I said, what for? Why do you want to get saved? He said, because I don't want to have problems anymore. <laughs> I said, brother, I need that salvation. I don't have that one yet. Problems are going to come. As you get older, if the Lord delays his coming, we'll all be going home to heaven one day in that way. Challenges will come. The thing is, it's not that problems won't come, but that God is with us through the problems, through the challenges, to comfort us, to be there for us. And is there for each one of us during these times. God knows what's happened. God knows what's going on. God even knows about traveling. We had a good time traveling up here today, besides almost... Dying of the cold. <laughs> I tell you, sometimes there's challenges of traveling, though, aren't there? I know one time there in Uganda, we're going up to uh, visit some of the islands. A national pastor would come and talk to a friend of mine, and I, another missionary, and asked us to go out on Lake Victoria. There's many different islands out there, and he asked us to go and see about maybe the possibility of helping start some churches there on those islands. And so we're going to rent a boat, but the only day we had to go on was on a Friday. And so we're going to rent a boat and go out there. But we couldn't get back in one day because Lake Victoria is the second largest freshwater lake in the world. And so there's no way we could take that boat there and come back in one day. And we found out there's a seaplane in Uganda, just one that was there. And for $100, they're going to take us to those three islands, get back on the same day. And because Saturday we have a big plan for soul winning that we had and we're going to do some things on that day. And so we went out to those islands and we took off. And I've never been on a seaplane before. And it's a beautiful takeoff, no problem. Land with no problems. Went out to that island, we walked across one side to the other. It's about 30, 40 minute walk to that other side of the island, and there's people there waiting under the trees. And we preached to them at a good time, and the pilot said, Let me go get the plane and bring it to this side so that, you know, we're not wasting time so you can get to all these islands and get back today. And so he did that, and we um, got back on that plane and getting ready to take off, and not knowing what God had in store for us, you know. And that's the thing, sometimes we don't know what's going to happen. And so it was an interesting trip that God knew what would happen that day. And the second thing is this, is God wants us to know his will. You know, in James chapter 4 and verse 14 it said, well, let me just read verse 15, that you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. If it's the Lord's will, that's what we'll do. That was like that trip that we took. We had our plan, but God had a different plan. <laughs> Amen. And if I had known God's plan, I don't know if I would have gone or not. I'm not too sure about that yet. 
But we got out there and we got back on that seaplane and we started taking off and it was a great takeoff again. We got about 15 feet up in the air and then we smacked down on that ground and started bouncing off the ground really hard. I looked at that pilot, we're getting knocked around. I said, is this normal? He's like, no. And I'm looking out the window and I'm reminding God about, God, you call me to Uganda. I don't want to die here. And you'll be splattered all across the lake here. I'm looking at the pontoon, seeing if it's going to break off and when it was flip and roll or something. And uh, that didn't happen. And so that was a blessing, but we couldn't take off. We tried it twice. Same thing happened both times. And we're like, well, that, that's enough. All right. And so we went back and we landed on the beach there. And then the guy made a phone call and he said, okay, there's a rescue boat that's going to come out and then come pick us up. And so, but the only problem is, it won't be able to come out until when it's nighttime. I'm like, that's not any problem. And he's like, well, at nighttime is when the smugglers come out. And I'm like, well, that could be a problem. Because when I think of smugglers, you know, I see illegal activity and uh, they don't like people being around when they're doing those things. And so I'm thinking that may not be a good thing. And we're like, is there any other options? Is there anything else we could do? And he said, well, he said, um, this plane is kind of like a boat. He said, maybe we can just take our plane and go over to this other main island over here. There's another island out there that had a, like a hotel on it that had a dirt landing strip. And he said, then the rescue plane could come pick us up and take us back today. I thought, that sounds great. So we got back in the plane and he started going across the water. And that weight in that pontoon, that, the pontoon busted. And so there's water flowed up in it. And so that weight was pulling us around in a circle, went right back to the island. And so I said, let me try it again and give us some more throttle, give us some gas, you might say. And so, man, we're moving across that water, and we got farther out, and we came right back around to the island again. And so now we're waiting for the boat again and waiting for the smugglers to come out. And we're saying, is there anything else we can do? And the guy said, well, the problem is there's too much weight on the side of the airplane. And he said, we need to balance out the weight. So he looked at me and my friend and he said, how would you guys like to ride on the outside of the airplane? We're young and dumb. We're like, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. And so we're outside standing on the pontoon, hanging on the wing. I don't know if you've ever seen that in the movies before. That was us. And one was blowing water flying. And he gave it the throttle. We're going down pretty quick. And we got even farther out. But we came back again. Now, if we did that again today, we'd weigh a bit more. We might have gone straight now. I don't know. <laughs> but we're back on the island now, waiting for the rescue boat again, waiting for nighttime, waiting for the smugglers to come out. And so we're trying to figure out what's going to happen here. And then about that time, I saw this boat passing by. It's probably from here to the front doors over here of the auditorium. It wasn't so far away. It's what we call a banana boat. It's about eight feet wide and about 40 feet long. It's made out of wood. And they'll put like timber in the bottom and load up merchandise in there. And then people sit on top of that. And so I saw them and I could see them. I mean, just as clear as like the ones on the back road. I could see their faces very clearly. I could see them. And so I started hollering and waving at them. And I think it is great, Lord. You provide an opportunity for us to get back. And they never even looked at me. Now I'm talking to the Lord. I'm saying, Lord, we need to get back for soul winning. Lord, we have a plan. We have a program. We need to get back. I need your help here. And normally people look around. But it's like they just stayed focused in different directions, but nobody looked towards us. I'm thinking, Lord, we could get on that boat. We would have just passed us by. I don't know if you ever felt like you missed the boat before. I know I did that day. I think this is the opportunity, this is going to take care of my problems. But it didn't happen that day. We had to wait for that rescue boat. And he did come. And we got to that other island safely. By that time, it was too late for any plane to come that night. And so, but as we got to that island and got to meet the people there, one of the men there at that island was actually the owner of that hotel. 
And as we got to talking, he told us, he said, I actually own many of the islands out here in this area. And he said, guys, if you want to come start churches and things, then you're actually supposed to come talk to me so that I can give you the land to do it. And you're welcome to come and start churches on any of my islands. Now we're thinking, wow, this is why God allowed this to happen. I mean, God created a problem to get us in the place he wanted us to be. He changed our plans so he could fulfill his will for our life. Isn't that how God works sometimes? We have our plans laid out and there's that, that wrench thrown into it, you know. But sometimes God uses our problems to get us to the place where he wants us to be to serve him. I don't know if maybe you faced some challenges in your life like that before. But sometimes we look at it as just a problem. But God sees it as an opportunity. And so we need to make sure that we're always faithful to the Lord, even in the midst of trials, even in the midst of problems, even when things are out of our hands, out of our control, God is still at work. God is still working in our life. The last thing is this, God knows what will happen tomorrow. God wants us to know his will. And by the way, people have asked me before, well, how do you know it's God's will for you to go to Uganda? How do you know that God called you as a missionary? And there's no handwriting in the sky or anything like that. I know I was already serving the Lord and, and our local church. And then as we went to youth camp, God impressed upon my heart and wanted me to be a missionary. The Bible talks about if you desire the office of a bishop, you desire a good thing. I've had young people ask me before, well, I think maybe I want to be a preacher. I think maybe I want to be a missionary. But, but how do I know if that's God? And I asked them, I said, what do you think? Is the devil putting that on your heart? Well, no. Well, then who do you think it is? It's God. That's that still small voice. But sometimes we're looking for the writing in the sky or some other thing. I think it was John R. Rice, someone asked him one time, well, when did God call you to preach? And he said, well, I don't know if he ever did. I just volunteered and God never stopped me. And I'm glad he never stopped him, amen. He did a great work for the Lord. God's still taking volunteers today. God's still taking people who just say, Lord, here am I. And if it's like in Uganda, there's probably some out here right now who are probably saying, well, if I just knew what to do, I would do it. If I just knew that there's something that needs to be done, boy, I would do it. And then I tell them, well, there's this and this and that and this. And they're like, well, maybe something else though. <laughs> it's not that there's not opportunities to serve God. It's just not what is our preference sometimes. But we ought to put our preferences aside. That's one of the things about my dad that's helped me so much. In our church there, when we first got in that church, our first independent Baptist church where we went to, I mean, anytime the church doors were open, we were there. My dad is in the military full time. But our life didn't revolve around his work. Our life did not revolve around sports. Our life revolved around our church. I mean, if there's a work day, we're there. If there's lady meetings, my, my mom and sister were there. If there's a men's meeting, my dad and I were there. Sony were there. I mean, even if there's nothing going on, we were there. I remember one time we were at the church for whatever reason, and it was during a week, or maybe it was might have been on Saturday, and my dad's like, we need to cut the grass. And he wasn't on a staff member or anything. He just saw the grass need to be cut. Now, we need to cut the grass, meaning he's going to bring it, and I was going to cut it. <laughs> right? And that's, that's just how it worked. Get involved. Look for opportunities. If you don't know what to do, come talk to your pastor. He probably has a few ideas. And whatever it is, say praise the Lord. And just do it. God is looking for some people who, that he can work through. They say the greatest ability is availability. You're making yourself available to the Lord. That's what we need today. 
I wasn't the first person they would have chosen from our church to go out as a missionary, maybe. Matter of fact, our pastor, Pastor Bentley, when the first time I went back to preach there in that church, he said, yep, I remember James preaching. He came back from that youth conference. We had all the young people come up and to say what they were going to do. And he got up and said, God's called me as a missionary. And he said, my first thought was, he's not going to make it. <laughs> but I made myself available to God. And you just keep going. You don't quit. Problems come, challenges come, but just be faithful. The last thing is this, God knows what is best. James chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. But now you rejoice in your boastings, all such rejoicing is evil. We think we got it all figured out. You know? Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him in a sin. You know, we think we know what's best for our life. We think, boy, there's this opportunity. I need to take hold of this. You know, we're out on that island. And um, that next morning, we're waiting for the plane to come to pick us up. That morning, as we're waiting, I get a phone call, and there's a guy calling me on the phone. And he said, Pastor, he said, are you alive? I'm like, well, me talking to you should be an indication of that. Yeah. And I asked him, I'm like, how often do you talk to dead people? I mean, really, come on, why are you asking me, am I alive? He said, Pastor, that boat you tried to get on yesterday, it sank and everybody on it died. Now I'm going from being a little bit annoyed at God <laughs> because I missed the boat. I missed the opportunity. My plans didn't work out and I'm doing this for God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what I thought was a missed opportunity. That I thought this was the solution. I thought this was the way. It didn't work out how I thought it should. But thank you, God, for what you've done. He saved my life that day. Maybe there's someone here that you're a little bit upset with God because there's something you feel like you missed out on. Some missed opportunity. Something didn't work out. There's something you wanted. You didn't get it, whatever it might be. And yes, I'm still in church, but I'm just not happy. That's how sometimes we get, isn't it? But you never know how God is at work. All things work together for what? Good. To them that love God. Hey, listen, forgetting those things which are behind. Pressing forward. Hmm? That's what we ought to be doing. I like your theme about love works. We did that several years ago. We found out different, we did different things in the community, ministering to different people. Hey, find out what you can do as well. They say you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. What are you doing today in your service for God? Are you still upset about missed opportunities or not getting the things that you wanted or how you thought it should work out? Or are you still faithfully serving the Lord? How about you today? Each one of us will stand before the Lord one day to give account of us in our service to the Lord and how we served him. I'm not going to work, going to, to heaven because of my good works. It's by grace through faith. Yes, but that reward to receive will be based upon what we've done for our Lord. You don't have to serve God to go to heaven. But if you don't serve God, other people may not go to heaven. There's a neighbor, a family member, a friend maybe. They may not listen to me or to your pastor or to others. They don't know us. But they listen to you. There's others that you could witness to. There's other missionaries who'll come by that maybe you could take on for support to help them go out to other areas. 
But if we fail to work together, we'll fail to be as effective as we could as a church. And we need to work together. The Bible says we're laborers together. What about you tonight? Let us pray. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.